Ladies and gentlemen, children of all ages, welcome to the greatest podcast show on earth. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Slapstick Conversations on Clowning. I'm your humble hobo host, Gunky, and we have on the line my lovable, lovely, and I can't read what you wrote here, Jazz. What, <laughs> Stop it. (laughs) Okay, I'll stop. Yeah, stop it. We could go on too long and then it would take up too much time. But yes, I'm here. Hi, everyone. So, Jazzy, I'm so excited about this episode. Yes, ask ask me why. Why, Gunky? Why? Because we have my clown mom on the line with us. Oh, I know, right? A tear. I know. I'm getting a little bit clumped. Yeah. Is that that how you say that? The clumps. Yeah. Yeah whatever that word is. Anyway, before we get too far into the silliness, I want to introduce someone very special to me. She is the person the world can blame for Gunky even being a clown. Oh, it's her. Okay. It's her fault. So if you want to yell at anybody, uh, you, you can yell at her. Okay. On the line with us is someone who's been a clown for a very long time. And we won't say anything about age or being long in the tooth or the old gray mare. We're not going to say any of that stuff. I think you already did. <laughs> I, I did Adam and Eve's first son's birthday party. Oh. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, presenting for your entertainment pleasure, straight from the theater houses of Europe and Asia, New York, Los Angeles, and Las Vegas, it's Gunky, Jazzy, and Jellybean. Ta-da! The voice you just heard, ladies and gentlemen, is that of Janet Tucker, Janet Jellybean Tucker. Yep. Jellybean taught me to be a clown. So let's have a great round of applause for Jellybean. All right. Welcome, Jellybean. Well, I am pleasure to be here. And uh, yeah, I taught Gunky pretty much all he knows. Yeah. No, actually, I got him started. The night he graduated from clown class, I told everybody, this is the beginning. This isn't the end. We had eight wonderful weeks, and then now you go out there and make it work. And he has done that. So very proud of him. Well, I have to ask before we get too far into this, and nobody's listening, Janet. (laughs) Who was your favorite student ever? She's thinking too long. I know I hear crickets too. Well, um, you're you're right up there. <laughs> I love it. Third. It's not you, Gunky. But but I also uh, you made the Midwest Clown Hall of Fame. I had Slugbugs and Mickey and Pam Turpin. And they were all three my students, too. So I've had a lot of students. And then uh, Rocco Paris was one of my students who went on to Ringling. Yeah. He was with Ringling, like, forever and ever and ever. And went to Sweden and whatever. So um, there have been a lot. But, Gunky, you're you're number one. Uh, I'll I'll pay you later, Janet. That was a no. long way to get around that one, huh? <laughs> Pew, you can stop sweating now. Yeah, nothing like fishing for a compliment, right, Jazz? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it's, it's but- worth it. One of the things that you have done, um, I've seen 
I've seen all of them doing skits and things, but I've talked to, to Patty, to Jazzy, and I think what you bring to the table is a creativity. And maybe a lot of this came, your, your dad was a clown. Mm -hmm. I believe your sister was a clown too. Mm -hmm. Yes, ma'am. Uh, met them at the state fair a couple times. And you, you bring a, a creativity in thinking skits and writing skits where a lot of clowns, no matter what level they come in at, they still just do the basic circus skits. Mm -hmm. um, you take it and twist it. Someplace in your head, there's a little- twisted, yeah. <laughs> a little something. And, and when it comes to the end or to the blow off or whatever you want to call it, you, um, you think differently about things, which I think is incredible. It's marvelous. It's the thing oh. that I love. Um, you and Patty together, your skits are <laughs> out of sight. <laughs> Out of mind, out of, <laughs> out of this maybe world. out of mind, yeah. Out of this world, yeah. Out of this world. Well, going back to even when we were doing, when you taught me in in clown classes, that was one thing that I really looked forward to. Not so much the makeup; I enjoyed the makeup. But when when I found out we were doing skits, and learning the skits and then performing them was just that lit a fire under me all the way back to the classes. So and there was a thing i don't even know if if you knew during our class we had a, a lady in our class dear lady she was um a little elderly but she couldn't remember the setup for the punchline. and if she had that part we were concerned so the rest of us all got together and tried to, and this is this was the start of me writing skits and trying to think creatively outside the box we had to figure out if she missed that punchline, how we were going to incorporate the setup for that punchline right and so by i don't know what you call it, necessity is uh yeah what is that uh, phrase the yeah convention yes. yeah yeah so we had to do that and so i think it just kind of now comes naturally is like you're always paying attention to what's happening on the stage so what if something goes wrong how can you make that funny how can you bring it back so that we are back in line with our original skit and can get to our final blow off. But that sense of ensemble, of, mm -hmm. of working together mm -hmm. ensemble, is a rare thing. I hardly ever see a skit done on stage that I don't think of three or four different endings to it, because that's the part I like. And may maybe that's why it touched me so much. But uh, yeah, th there are some people that just don't get that they they stay with now there's nothing wrong with the classic skits man everybody needs to know a classic skit right absolutely as um, and i one time went to a conference and uh they took us to a nursing home of yeah and uh they said well now we're gonna put on a show and everybody stood there looking blank i mean they knew nothing and uh, I said, well, I know this and this, and Patty said, I know this and this, and I have this in my pocket, and I have this in my pocket, and we did, I think, three or four skits. Yeah. And <laughs> did the skits for the show. Yeah. And other people kind of did little walk-arounds and things, but people don't 
don't think that creatively way. Well, I think it's like going back to what you said, like everyone needs a, a really good foundation, a good teacher that can teach them just the, the basics, the foundation to get you started. But also those classics are something where literally Janet, all we had to do is go, oh, you know, um, Mary went for a walk one day. Yeah, let's do that one. Let's do let me have it. Let's do, you know, um, yeah. we just did a whole bunch of stuff that um, we didn't have to prepare because we both knew it. So it didn't, you know, there weren't a lot of people that knew that. So we, we kind of didn't have to have any prep time, you know, no practice time. I had a really nice compliment one time from a student who took the class and then went to clown camp. And training at clown camp was awesome. I was on staff there for like 28 years and I loved clown camp and he went and the first night he came to me and he said, this is really incredible in-depth training, but I'm getting so much more out of it because I've already got the foundation. You may have heard me say this, but my motto for life is called the law of reciprocal variety. And it says, the more tools you have in your toolbox, the more things you can fix. Mm, I like that. And I use that for everything. Uh, the more you can learn, the more you can um, accomplish. And, you know, uh, yeah, I'm old, but I'm still learning new stuff every day because the more tools you have in your toolbox, the, the more you can expand. <laughs> yeah, but Janet, it's because you keep your eyes open, your ears open. It's not like, you know, you feel like you've learned everything you need to. I mean, even though you in your opinion, you're just like, you know what? There's more to learn. There's more to grow. I, you know, you're still keeping your eyes and ears open. Yeah, I never thought of it that. Um, tell you a story. When I was in college, I took a variety of stuff and I loved psychiatry. And so I took a whole bunch of classes in that. And then I took a whole bunch of classes in art because I liked that. And I took a whole bunch of business classes because I thought I probably have to do something to be a secretary or something for the rest of my life. And so I took a variety of things. Well, they called me into the office um, my last semester and said, uh, we're having a little problem. What do you want to take your diploma in? And I said, I don't know, what are my choices? Well, you can have it in art, or you can have it in um, psychiatry, or you can have business. And I said, I don't know. I mean, I like them all. So I said, let me talk to my dad. So I went back to the room, called my dad, and my dad said, if you take it in art, what are you going to be, a starving artist? He said, a, a bachelor's degree in art isn't going to get you anything. And I said, well, I want to be an architect. He said, and how much longer do you want to go to school? And I said, well, the, the same thing with being a psychiatrist. He said, uh, you're going to have to have a doctor in that. He said, you're going to go to school for a lot longer. He said, I would recommend you take your degree in business and do whatever you want with it. And years later, when I became a clown, what do you use in clowning? You gotta work with all those little kids and their parents and all that stuff. And art 
I make my own props. I have yeah. for a long time, so my own costumes, and ran my own business. Been, it yeah. all came together, those yeah. tools. How did you become a clown? That that I want to get to our audience. Well, because I think I always wanted to be a clown. Um, I loved the circus. I I remember all that stuff with my dad. Um, he made me a scrapbook of circus people back in the the Lou Jacobs day and all those kind of people. He made a scrapbook for me when I was about seven. Um, and I, I just loved it. It had all the clown pictures in and that sort of thing. But um, my kids all went to Montessori school and that was the other thing I kind of liked being because it worked with children on a creative way. And Christmas came and I, <laughs> When we signed up, we had to fill out a form as to what things we would help the school with. And I had checked off that I liked puppets because I did. I've always had puppets. I, I made my first marionette when I was in fourth grade. And so I had I had checked off puppets, but I wasn't doing puppets. I, I mean, I had a puppet and I liked puppets. That's all it asked for. So comes, a month before Christmas, and they call me on the phone and say, oh, Mrs. Tucker, how would you like to do our puppet show for Christmas? What puppet show? Uh, well, well, you said you liked puppets. We thought you just had puppet show. <laughs> so Larry, my husband, came home from work, and I said, we have a project. You get to make a stage, and I get to make marionettes. And I wrote the script and we did marionette shows around this part of the area for about three years and then i would always take the the mar my marionettes were about 18 inches tall and when i was done with the show i would walk the little person out and the kids would ooh and awe. And when I would walk out with this little character, the kids just loved oh, ooh and laughing and giggling. And I thought, they like that puppet more than they like me. <laughs> and that was the start of it. I decided I wanted to be the entertainer, not the puppet. And about that time, Purdue University here in, in Hammond uh, was having a clown class and i signed up for the clown class and they said it's full you cannot join Ooh. and i cried and boo-hooed and it was i literally cried and boo-hooed and larry came home what's the matter i want to be a clown i really want to be a clown <laughs> i carried on and about a week later they called and said we've had a couple cancellations you were high on the list you can go to class it's just because you cried. They just wanted you to stop crying. Yeah. Stop crying. <laughs> but um, but I went to class and I have to tell you, I was not I was not outgoing or um, I didn't excel in any way in the class. There were 21 people wow. and I was very shy. Just, Wait, what? You were yeah. shy? Yes. Oh my God. It wasn't until after I became a clown. As a clown, I learned that thing I had always been scared of, walking into the room and nobody saying hello to you. That always was like, 
I'm going to stand here for a few minutes, and if nobody says hello, I'm going to leave. That kind of fear. Mm -hmm. um, as a clown, you don't have that. When you walk in, you have already broken that barrier being a clown. And when I became a clown and figured that out, it really was a revelation moment mm. when I figured out that other people were just waiting for me to say hello while I was waiting for them to say hello. Uh huh. I learned I could do it first. There you go. And changed everything, everything. Yeah. Something as simple as that. Think about it. If you surround yourself with clowns, don't be surprised when your life resembles a circus. We're talking about your longevity and clowning, but also more um, is that you not only have spent a lifetime clowning, but you have taken on very important leadership roles in the art of clowning in different associations. And uh, maybe you could just talk and touch on a little bit of when you started taking on, like go, being part of the board uh, in different um, conventions or, you know. Well, that's, um, that requires a little bit of a soapbox. You may have heard me say, because I do generally say it in some of my classes, there are a ton of people out there who clown, who clown very well. Out of that group, there's a much smaller group that can teach. Mm -hmm. Teaching what you do is totally different. And there are some people who are, I mean, excellent clowns, but they don't want to teach because they don't want to share anything. It's, it's harder to be clear and concise and teach a skill than it is to do a skill. Out of that group that's smaller that are teachers, there's another very small group that are administrators. Yeah. And that's a whole different skill set, really. It's, it's one thing to be the happy, jolly, let's have fun and clown around person. Mm -hmm. It's another thing to have to make decisions that sometimes are very difficult. One of the hardest decisions that I have had to make in World Clown Association was during COVID when we lost some members because people just weren't clowning and we lost some insurance because people didn't want to pay for insurance because they weren't clowning, there were no shows. Um, and during that time, there was a frivolous, stupid lawsuit from California. And during that, we had some financial difficulties. And one of the results was we had to cut our magazine back from every other month to putting it online. Mm -hmm. And that was one of the, the hardest decisions that I had to make was to cut the magazine back online. I'll be honest, I don't read it online. I might read one article or two where I used to read the whole thing cover to cover mm -hmm. and go over it and over it and over it. But um, 
that's the kind of decision that you have to make that's not it's not pleasant it's not clowny my clown wanted to have more issues of the magazine so we could share more and we could have more articles and we could all learn more that just wasn't reasonable because the money wasn't there so sometimes it's that kind of thing i think i learned a lot of the administration of clowning from um dr snowberg richard snowberg mm -hmm. because i was on staff for clown camp for a long time and when we did our our first overseas convention in bogner regis he and I were in I was the president of WCA at the time, and he was the convention chair. And so we worked together every day on it. Mm -hmm. And I think I learned a lot from him. He was a very, very wise educator, clown, and also business person. So, Well, you've shared much wisdom with lots of clowns over a lot of years. And I'm one of the recipients of that um, in a multitude of ways, just from the beginning class to uh, your leadership in the different organizations like the Midwest and the WCA. And I want to thank you genuinely from my heart for everything that you've done to feed into me and to, and to grow my clown character. So I just wanted to say thank you to you, Janet, for that. Um, oh, you're very welcome. You're one, you're one of my favorites. Wait, I say, Eller, you are my favorite. Something like that, yeah. She says that to all her clown students. Who are we kidding? Well, the other no, thing I wanted you no, to- No, I don't. No, Gunky. No, Gunky. You are only in you. Only the ones that pay her. Can you remember or just kind of go through the different uh, leadership roles you've had? Oh, gosh. Do you remember them all? Well, okay. Um, leadership roles. Uh, let me start with the plaques and awards and all that kind of stuff that they give you after you've done something for so long. Okay. Um, I have a... Lifetime Achievement Award from Midwest Clown Association. Mm -hmm. I've been treasurer. I was uh, secretary. Um, I'm secretary again. I was just going to say, current secretary, yes. Yes. Um, so I have lifetime achievement from that. Um, I have lifetime achievement from World Clown. Mm -hmm. And in World Clown, I served as a regional director, um, president-elect, president, -elect, president um, clown ministry director, vice president. Uh, you were a publications director too, weren't you? Uh, oh, public. Well, that's just a committee thingy. Okay. Publications chair. Chair. Okay. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I was ally director for umpteen years. Uh, I just got done being with ally director. Um, so that was world clown in fellowship of Christian magicians. Um, I'm in the Heritage Club, which means I've been there 25 years. I was in charge of the clown department for eight years and in charge of children's um, ministry or at, at FCM. Uh, Greg Chalmers, some of you know Greg. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, he and I and his wife and Larry ran the Wild Kids program for eight years in um, the Fellowship of Christian Magicians. Um, I've clowned for, oh, 
other organizations, different kinds of things. Oh, I was um, I was um, artist in residence for Clowns of America in 2002, 2004, around that time. Okay. Um, I went to Japan and clowned for the World's Fair in 2005 in Nagoya, Japan. Um, I was part of the International Clown Summit in Scotland in 1979, I think it was. So just stuff. I mean, yes. if you live long enough, you'll do a lot of stuff. That's right. All. I think you're an exceptional woman. I think you are very humble when you say that, but I mm-hmm. don't think everyone does what you do. Lean in and listen closely. You will soon realize there is one clown listening to two others on a podcast. You know, if you could just talk about some of your highlights in your clowning um, journey, and I know some of them has to have been maybe when you traveled abroad, maybe when you were in Japan or wherever, but um, yeah, I would just love to hear a couple of your, you know, that, you know, maybe a top five or 10 list of something that just is really sticks out in your mind as a highlight of your clowning. The Mount Rushmore of Janet clowning, jelly bean clowning experiences. I guess those experiences are, are really special those out of the country kind of things i never would have done any of that without clowning and i've clowned in scotland england wales philippines japan malaysia we were in malaysia a few years ago so i've clowned different places around the world and they were all interesting but i truly have to say my favorite thing are birthday parties. Mm-hmm. I love being a child's favorite person. Yeah. And I have had some kids that I've clowned their party from like ages three to 14. I, I remember when this one mom called and she said, can you come? I said, um, she's like, 14 now isn't she isn't that a little old for a clown she said oh not for you she said they're they're just they're waiting for you all her friends can't wait till you get there <laughs> they oh, the jelly bean <laughs> yeah so so those kind of things are are really exciting yeah and to be a special person's clown. I had an interesting one. In fact, I wrote it in the magazine uh, last month. A lady by the name of Deanna Rose, and she sent me a text. This has been about maybe six, five, six months ago. And she sent me a text and she said, are you the jelly bean who clowned in Chicago in 19 something and i wrote back and said well i'm jelly bean 
I don't live in Chicago. I live in Hammond, Indiana, but I did shows in Chicago. And I said, um, why? And she's in the circus right now with Easy and Cozy. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh. okay. And they were talking and she was sharing that she got her inspiration to be in the circus from Jelly Bean the Clown. So I said, well, it could be me. And she wrote back and said, I was five years old and I went to a parade and I saw Jelly Bean and I fell in love with you. And so my mom surprised me and had you come to my birthday party for five years. And she said, at that party, you did. And she named off all the things that I did. The thing with the skunk and the this and that. And the, the multiplying ones that fell apart with her. And all of that. And I said, yes, that was me. And she said, well, you were my inspiration. And now she is an aerial trapeze artist with the circus that Easy and Cozy. And she's beautiful. Oh my gosh, she's beautiful. She sent me a picture. She does this this thing on stilts. She walks on the huge six foot stilts. Yeah. These big butterfly wings. Oh my gosh, she's gorgeous. These two are the perfect example of why you should always social distance. You were talking about your Mount Rushmore of things. One thing that's maybe not on the Mount Rushmore, but I thought was really unique, especially when I was a member of Calumet Clowns, was we did a clown basketball game. Oh, they were such fun. Oh my gosh, yes. Against the Harlem Globetrotters? uh, Well, uh, we we were sillier than they were. (laughs) We wrote all kinds of skits, particularly for that. Uh, For example, uh, uh, a clown um, kind of in, in drag, a guy clown would come out and he would be pushing a baby stroller and he would get the ball and the ball would be in the the stroller and he'd push it all the way down <laughs> to the other end and everybody's going make way for the lady with the baby maybe for the ball. and then he'd get to the other end and take the basketball and shoot it nice. um, we did uh, we did charity games mm-hmm. um and played against schools the school got to get their players and their principals and parents or whoever they wanted and it was a fundraiser um they got i believe they got 70 percent of it for their fund we got 30 percent of the take always did real well with basketball games we've done uh fire departments we've done police departments really? we did, when i was there we did the mayor of hammond yeah and it his team and we played a couple of different schools that's those are two that i that i remember playing in and i just that was so much fun because well not a lot of clowns can play basketball no no so i always tried to matter (laughs) we had a cowboy clown and he would go hold up the scorekeeper and say that's worth 10 points 
<laughs> we'd pay the rest. Yeah. You you missed it. You had your back turned. Give us ten points. That was that was always fun because I was one of the younger ones at the time, and I, I tried to play a little ball with the guys so that they weren't frustrated. Oh, it was a little bit, yeah. Yeah, so there were but a couple of us. And Punkany walked on stilts for those. Remember, Punkany used to do and, stilts. And you had Neon. Just, he did some. She would lean on the basket and kind of hang on the basket, and then once she got the ball, just drop it in. <laughs> she never moved from. So this is for yeah. you. Did this for like the firefighters too, like adults? Yeah. And like a uh, police department. Yeah. For they How were did, fundraisers. That's great. Yeah. And I love that idea. The mayor, the mayor of Hammond, used to let us have the civic center in Hammond, which is quite large, mm. and he would let us have that at no charge, and then we would do the fundraiser for the fire department or for the police department or for a school. Sometimes we'd go to their school and do it. It, it was it was fun. Uh, one of the first things we did, we uh, warm up and the other team would come out and they would warm up and shoot baskets and blah, 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 and do all that stuff. And then they would say, now it's our time to come out and we'd warm up and we would bring out a heater and mittens and scarves and, <laughs> and we'd all huddle around this little heater. <laughs> and we're trying to warm up and we're shaking. So that was fun. I have all the skits, all the silly stuff. Um, Fall, of course, everybody threw a chicken up in the air and we had chickens all over the floor. Um, and just just some of the things. And now uh, there was a, a break in the middle where we did washerwoman, but no water. We did it with just confetti. Confetti. Okay. Because we didn't want to get the floor wet. And there was, yeah. there was generally one where the, the stretcher came out. Some clown got hurt. And we had a doctor, and they did the whole stretcher skit. And the doctor had a big hole down the middle of it, and they'd pick up the stretcher and run yes, off without the patient. Hysterical. That was that was a good time. Those were very fun to do. Those were fun things. It took a lot of clowns though to to volunteer because actually at one point I think we had Calumet clowns and Michiana clowns doing. Yes, it. they always they always help. We've always Indeed. been real close to them. So. But I think at the heart of it, Janet, is you have a passion for clowning and bringing smiles to people. How do you keep that passion hot for so many years? She keeps it near the stove. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I think involvement, you know, if you can get somebody to be involved, to play in a basketball game, to run for secretary, that person now has an investment in an organization of some sort. Alleys are there so that you have friends that like the same things you do. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, without a clown alley, I think it's very difficult for people to, uh, to maintain that. But if you have friends and you're going to learn together, you're going to be educated together, you're going to, you're going to clown together you're going to do parades together you're going to share ideas together once you're involved you just there's a passion for it if these two clowns ran away to join the circus the train would have already left the station
get your perspective on where you see clowning going and where you would like to see it going. For the Midwest Clown Association, this year, our convention in October, the theme is Adventures Around the Campfire. I got put in charge of education and getting lectures and whatever, and I gave it a lot of thought, prayed about it, whatever, and came up with some campfire classes because we all know that you learn more sitting around a campfire talking to somebody after than you do in a formal kind of class. One of the campfire classes this year is called What's Next? Um, is it a new normal? Is it what are we looking for in clown? Dr. Snowberg used to say clowning is for the child in everyone. Pure clowning is not something you hide behind. It's something that's in you coming out. I, I kind of like the new lighter makeups because I think they're less less masky than the pure. I, I was a white face clown and, and I've gone to uh, an Auguste because I think it has less um, mask look. Where would you like to see clowning going in the future? If Janet if I could give you, well, not a crystal ball, but if I could give you the controls to control clowning and send it on its course, where would you like to see it go? For years for WCA, I wrote a two-year plan, a five-year plan, and a 10-year plan. And what I'm seeing now, we, we took a hit with COVID, but the long-range plans are now more technical. We're, what you're doing right here, mm -hmm. a blog is something they didn't do five years ago. Putting clowning around magazine online is something they didn't do five years ago uh, because it just wasn't easy to do. Now, there's a lot of stuff, ha ha, uh, for Michiana clowns. He has a um, he has a live show that he does on Facebook. A live show, yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, so, I think that is a change coming that is going to be different. I, I think the loss of the circus, big circus, um, has been a hit. Birthday parties, I would like to see quality clowns continue to do birthday parties for children so that this next generation loves clowns again. You think then it starts at like the personal level at birthday parties, so more at a local level? It's, it starts at the local level, at the personal level, with people that see a clown in a parade mm -hmm. and go, I like that, or that was funny. Uh, they need to see that in clowns today. But I do think you're right. It, it, it has to kind of start, I feel, at the, at the local level with um, just you know, smaller things, more personal things. And then these children can, um, like I do some daycare shows and I do a clown show for them. And these kids have maybe never seen one live right in front of them. They might've seen a picture, seen them on TV, seen them in a book or whatever. But my show in particular is I don't I don't come in as a clown. I get dressed as a clown in front of them. So they see the process 
and um, the transformation. And then I do a little clown show when I'm all dressed up and they, they just love it. I mean, it's just, and then I'm hoping that they go back to their household and they, you know, share this with their parents and, you know, grandparents, aunts and uncles, you know, their siblings and, and let them, you know, they're excited and they're, they want, they are, you know, love this clown and let that just keep going, you know, tell one friend, tell some more, you know, and that's, how it's, that's how it's going to grow. And it, we really have to, at this point, grow it back yeah we've lost enough that we can grow it back and i, I kind of think really good entertainers like randy christensen mm -hmm. or um jeff mcmullen is really good um yep. angel ocasio is really good yeah these people that are really good entertainers when they are seen they are remembered that's what we all have to be. We have to be that ambassador. Is there anything else that you would like to share with us and, and our listeners? Um, anything else on your mind? This has been great fun. Yeah. I would like to, um, I, I assume that most of your listeners are clowns, but if there's any non-clowns out there, don't miss it. Become a clown. All right. Well, I think, are we, is there anything else you'd like to share, Janet? I think we've talked about a lot of great stuff and I am so thankful that you ask. It's just been an honor. Thank you. It's been our honor. Yeah. So with that, I'm going to, I'm going to wrap us up here and I'm going to say thank you to our listeners for listening to Schlapstick Conversations on Clowning. Please tell your friends. If you're a clown, please tell your friends. If you're not a clown, please become a clown. And if and then you you'll have friends <laughs> <laughs> and join an alley, because then you'll have like-minded people who can encourage you in your clown journey. And then eventually you'll have many, many years of experience like our friend Janet, and who knows what you'll be able to teach another generation of clowns. I want to thank Janet for being on our show today. I want to thank you on a personal level for just uh, building into me. Uh, I want to thank you for sharing again your wisdom, your insights. Uh, and I want to thank you for your leadership. And I just want to thank you for your passion about clowning. Absolutely. Whatever you said, I second. <sighs> I third it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and with that being said, I'm going to wrap up conversations on clowning. Remember, life is a circus. Just don't walk behind those elephants. No, it's messy. <laughs>